Hello, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. Uh, Yesterday morning, I got up early and went for a walk and didn't even put a jacket on because it is spring in January in Wisconsin. Uh, It's just crazy. I'm looking out at the front. I see more green grass now than I saw in June. I don't know what's going on, but I can get used to this. One of the things that was awesome about the walk was the fog. I love fog. I think it's one of the coolest things, the way you just walk through the fog and as you take steps forward, what you couldn't see at all becomes a dark silhouette and you get closer and then it comes into focus. You can see the details. Um, One of the places I experienced that in an incredible way was out on the the West Coast. I didn't realize how foggy it was in Northern California. We went there for general counsel a number of years ago, and we're walking in the Redwoods, and it just feels like a movie. It's incredible. It's so cool, and you get closer, and you start seeing things that you didn't know were there, and um, that's how life is, isn't it? As we walk forward in life, there's some things you can see clearly, uh, but, but the farther out things are harder to see. As you try to get a vision for your life, you might be a planner and you have it all figured out how it's going to go, but how many times have you found those plans don't actually turn out the way you thought they did? Or other times, some of us just have given up and we just walk looking at our feet. What can I do today to get through? But I believe there's a beautiful in-between, an already and not yet that we live in right now, where God gives us vision for the future. He sees it perfectly. We don't see it yet. We walk through this life kind of in a fog. We have just a light and a lamp through the word of God. And then we hear more through the spirit of God. And then God opens up things that he has prepared in advance for us to experience, to be, to do, people to know. And I believe God's given us a vision for 2024 And we're going to look at that. We're going to look what that looks like. I just want to give you a a, a silhouette view of what that looks like. Some details I'll share today. Um, But I, I just have to say the staff and I and the board, we are excited about what God has ahead of us. We're a little bit scared about what God has ahead for us because it's some of the stuff we've never done before. Or we're believing for things we haven't experienced yet. But as we go forward in this, our big idea today is God has prepared us for more. God has prepared you for more. God has prepared our church family for more than we've experienced in the past. One of the things, I turned 50 this year. So young, I know. For some of you, you're like, I wish I was 50. That was such such a young time. And others of you are like, no wonder you're so gray. But as I'm, I'll say I'm at the halfway point. I'll live to 100, okay? I'll believe for that. Um, I do notice I start looking back a little bit more. Looking back to the good old days when my body didn't hurt in the morning and uh, my metabolism was like a hummingbird and I could eat whatever I wanted. Um, And that's a danger. The danger is to believe the best is behind us when truly the best is yet to come. The best that God has for your life is still ahead of you. You haven't peaked yet. Not in the kingdom of God, at least. Because he calls us to move from glory to glory. 
Now, that means sometimes we go through the valley to get there. We go through the challenges that refine us and sharpen us and clarify things, but he's got more in front of us than what is behind us. God has prepared us for more. Our key verse for today, and in fact, it's going to lead us through this entire year, is, is, comes out of 2 Timothy 2.21. And this is out of the Brian Study Bible uh, translation of it. I love the way it puts it. Uh, if you have a scripture, in fact, all of you do, you have a phone, you have a Bible in front of you, probably in the pew. If you didn't bring one, maybe you bring a Bible, but open the scripture, the living word of God that is sharper than any double-edged sword. It knows how to get right to the core of who we are. And this is the word of the Lord. So if anyone cleanses himself of what is unfit, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. So as we go forward into 2024, our key word for the year is prepared. Prepared is what we are in God, and prepared is what we are becoming in God. There are things that some of you, as I've been talking, even over the last 21 days or most of the month of, of January here, I'm hearing new things that God is doing you. Some of you have quit jobs so you can be more ready for the word, work of God. Others of you have taken new jobs that will prepare you for the things of God. Others are looking at the ministries God has called you into. Others are just being faithful and showing up. You're just showing up and believing for God. God is already on the move. He has already prepared us. But if you're going on a trip, you need, you need the things you need to do it. You know, I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy hiking and walking. And um, I think of some of the different things you need. You need boots to get your feet on the ground and get moving. You need a, you need a good knife, right, guys? Where are my knife brothers over here? Yeah, you guys know. You need a good knife that's sharp and useful. Uh, you need a place to stay. You need a way to get sustenance. You need the ability to stay warm. And, and all these different tools that are there that are necessary for us to be prepared. And the fact is God has already given us every tool we need. He's given us every supply that we need to step forward. Some of us are still waiting we're waiting. God, where is it? Why hasn't it come yet? Why hasn't it happened? But the fact is, our Father God has packed for this journey that we're on, and he's got everything he needs. So this year, we're going forward as a church. We'll be doing some things that are, are brand new, some things we haven't done in a long time, and then refining some of the things that are already happening. But to be prepared Many times, first, we have to be restored. We have to be restored. Life is hard. It hurts. People let us down. We let ourselves down. The church lets you down. Work lets you down. Life's hard. And the longer you live that, the more you know that that's true. Sometimes, uh, when I was young, I had a very easy life to start with. And even still, things just seem to work out. But when I lost my best friend at 20 years old because he died of cancer, it hit me in the gut. I questioned God. I questioned my faith. I questioned what friendship was worth if it's going to be taken away from you. When I failed myself 
time after time, I thought, who am I to do anything? I should just move off into the middle of nowhere and live by myself so I don't mess up other people's lives. When I was called to be a pastor, I thought, who in the world would ever listen to me? I can't do this. When I lost my grandparents, who had been a model of Christ for me, had lived out what it meant to be a believer, I thought, everyone dies anyway. What's the point? When I yell at my kids, which I'm sure I never do anymore, I think, really, this is how I want to raise two young men to be followers of Christ, by yelling at them. We're broken people. We make mistakes. This world hurts. Sometimes there's generational issues that you're walking around with, things that happened to your grandparents and to your parents, and now you're carrying the burden and the weight of their sin or the hurt that's been put on them. Bad habits that we pick up or choose to engage in, sins that we live out and we run to for comfort and protection, unforgiveness when someone has mistreated us and genuinely has done a terrible thing to us, but we can't get rid of it. Bitterness, anxiety. Sometimes the Bible, I've been, we've been reading through Proverbs as, as a church, and it talks about laziness. That was today's reading. Sloth, just not doing things. Inactivity. All these things we need to be restored from. The beautiful verse that Pastor Heather stole. She didn't steal it from me. She read it from Scripture, and it fits perfectly here. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. For the super holy, for those who read their Bible perfectly and understand all of it and attend church every day and pray in tongues and prophesy and pray and people get healed, for them, the new creation has come? No. What does it say? Therefore, if Anyone is in Christ. Anyone. And anyone can be in Christ. You come to Jesus just as you are. Not cleaned up, not polished up, not all your habits dealt with. Jesus went to the broken, the sinful, the outcast, the forgotten, and invited them in. And he does that today, too. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come not is coming or might show up someday if you behave just right, but has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Um, talking about knives, I mentioned that a, a moment ago. I don't know what, but the algorithm on YouTube has really realized I like watching old things get fixed up. And uh, one of them lately has been knives, old beat up knives like this one. Uh, and you look at this, just the rust on it, um, the separation there between the hilt, the handle is a, a mess. It's all calcified. I don't even know what's going on there, but it looks like garbage. It looks like, okay, you put that in the garbage. It, what, what's the point? But when a master craftsperson gets a hold of this and does the restorative work that's needed, this is what's produced here. This shining, beautiful knife that actually has golden highlights to it and is bronze and is strong. It's been sharpened. It's been restored. Yes, there's still some dimples where the past has affected it, but those things shine now instead of being places of, of rust and decay. 
And this is a symbol of the restoration that Christ is working out in your life. He is polishing, shining, restoring, sharpening you, taking the old things that were destruction for you and using them for life, using them for beauty, using them for strength and making us useful for the work of the Lord. 2 Timothy 2.21a, so if anyone cleanses himself from what is unfit, he will be a vessel for honor. The word there is sanctified. That's what that whole process means, that you become sanctified. That is a churchy word for being restored, for being fixed up when you're broken. You are being sanctified for the rest of your life. As soon as you come to Jesus, you're justified, you're forgiven, your sin is washed away, but from that moment on, you are being sanctified. And I love the way this verse talks about it because this is a participatory work that God calls us to. We aren't passive in it. We get to be a part of finding restoration in our lives. The verse puts it like this. So if anyone cleanses himself from what is unfit. So it isn't just come to Jesus and coast. It's come to Jesus and grow. Come to Jesus and step up. Come to Jesus and find areas you can grow. Find people you can grow with. Find opportunities that you can serve. And it restores you. It purifies you. It makes you more than you were. One of the things I love about who we are at Highland Church is you don't have to have it all together to start serving here. Your life doesn't have to look perfect because we have discovered, certainly through our history here at Highland, but throughout the history of the church, that it is in the doing that the restoration happens. It is with motion that balance comes. And so if you've been sitting on the sideline thinking, I am too much of a mess, I am too broken to be useful by God, I just want to say that is a lie from Satan, the father of lies. He's lying to you. He is saying, you can't do this. What if they know about this? What if? Well, tell someone about it and find some help, help and growth and, and move beyond that. But God wants you to be a partner in your restoration. He's going to give you the grace to say no to things, but he's asking you to say no. He's going to give you the grace to step into things, but you have to step in. He doesn't force us. He invites us to this work of restoration. We're asked to be a part of it, and he includes us in the process rather than just doing it himself. You know what that produces in kids? When parents just do it all for the kids and the kids never do it? How many of you like those kinds of kids? <laughs> the privileged, the, the ones who never learn how to be a part of the household, never learn to be a part of the process, never realize they have a part to play because God wants you in his household and wants you doing the chores of the kingdom, but are, they're actually blessings and benefits. And you get to look and say, look what I'm a part of. Look what happened because I've been active in my restoration process with the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel that you're that old knife right now, or you're a mess, welcome to the club. Let's walk this walk of restoration together. Because as we're being restored, we discover the next idea here is that we are prepared. Prepared for what God has. Prepared for the next steps. Prepared for action here. Uh, the, the reality here is the tense of this word, prepared, is current and becoming. 
It is, I can't remember the right phrase for it, but it's the active present. I don't know if that's even an English term. I was terrible at that stuff. But it is an ongoing present action. You are prepared, and you are continually becoming even more prepared as you walk with the Lord. Anyone like getting new tools or new things to use in your hobby? New stuff to be able to do. Um, I'm in the midst of possibly purchasing an ancient drum machine from the 1970s. And I like making old electronic sounding music. And it is fun. This thing barely works. You turn the knobs and it's like... You hit the start button and it, you have to hit it four times to get it to actually play. And I love it. And I, uh, if I do end up buying this, to be able to take it apart and clean it up and get it ready to go. But getting new tools, getting new toys is fun. And God has so many new tools, new toys for you to welcome into your life. Gifts of the Holy Spirit is what the Bible calls them. He has gifts just waiting for you to unwrap. They're sitting on the table of your life. And even if you are a mature believer and you've opened a lot of the gifts already, you're acting in them, you see God use you to do awesome things, he's got more. You think God runs out of stuff? You think the creator of the universe, of a universe that is constantly expanding, runs out? No. He has everything we need to be prepared Many times we don't realize that we already have it. God's already won the victory for us. Whatever you're facing, you've already won in the Spirit. We come at it, those of us who follow Jesus, those of us who are believers, we come at every situation from a place of victory. That's your position spiritually, is you are the victor. God has already defeated the enemy in your life. Now, we just have to agree with that. Sometimes we just have to walk that out still. But the work's been done. God's not running around like trying to squash fires. He's not like, oh, oh something popped up here. Let me go. Oh, and there it's over there. No. He is sitting on the throne, victorious, sending his angels to keep charge and watch over us, empowering his people with the Holy Spirit, giving us the gifts and confidence and peace and humility and joy and love and gentleness to be the people of God. You are prepared, useful to the master and prepared. 2 Timothy 2.21b. Man, I want to be useful to the master. I don't want him to come to me and look across the tool box and skip over me because I'm, I'm not prepared. I'm not living in that preparation. I want to be a sharpened knife when the king needs a sharpened knife. 2 Corinthians 9.8 and the NIV version puts it like this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. There's a lot of big words and completed words here. Let's look at this. And the God, and God is able to bless you abundantly, not bless you barely, not bless you just, just enough to squeak through today, but an abundant blessing from God. So that in some things, in the things you're only really good at or have figured out, no, in all things, not only on Sunday morning, but at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
This is the word of God. This isn't Pastor Nathan trying to pump you up and get you excited. This is the living, active, eternal word of God spoken over you for you to live out. This doesn't mean you have to get more busy. This doesn't mean you have to do more or you should feel guilty because you're not doing enough. This is us realizing, God, you have met every need in my life according to your riches and glory. You have prepared everything I need to face this day as a parent, as an employee, as an employer, as a student, as a boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or grandparent or nephew. God, you have met me at every turn. We have abundant blessing in him. Not just the leftovers, not just the used up crumbs, not just the scraps we can get when other people have had their fill. No, God prepares a table for you before your enemies. You get to sit down even in the midst of enemies. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you, your workplace feels like you're surrounded by enemies? Or your home feels like you're surrounded by enemies? Or your inner life and thoughts feel like you're surrounded by enemies? God's prepared a banquet table for you that you can just sit down and be like, hey guys, and just enjoy the goodness of God, even in the midst of the enemies in front of you, because God has prepared you. God has purchased the victory for you. He has done it for you. So let me ask you, what do you feel you still need to do what God has called you to do? What do you feel that you still need to do what God has called you to do. I just want you to take a moment to think about that. If you're taking notes, write down the things that come to your mind that you still feel like, man, I need education. I need experience. I need time. I need money. I need confidence. What do you feel you still need to do what God has called you to do? What gifts or tools or connections or abilities or knowledge do you need? God has prepared you for those things. He has those in store for you, ready for you. And if you don't have it right now, you're like, oh, I'm prepared, but I don't have those things. I can't do it. Well, let me tell you why sometimes God holds back because the timing isn't right yet. Sometimes he holds back like, no, 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 you're not ready to go because the timing isn't right for us to step forward. I have beat myself up so many times for stuff I didn't do yet. And then when it comes to pass, I realize why I hadn't done it for years because God hadn't provided the right timing yet. And I want to run out way ahead of God into the fog where I can't see and get stuff done. And I wonder why I'm tripping over myself or falling down. Or the finances that he holds back because he's like, nope. You're not ready for this yet. I'm still growing you. I'm still restoring you in some areas of your life. But it doesn't mean the provision isn't stored up and is waiting for the moment to be poured out. Or sometimes it's because we're asking God to get on our plan rather than saying, God, how do I get on your plan? God, I need this so I can, so I can, so I can. And he's saying, oh, just, just come close to me. You're trying to run out and do your thing when I'm inviting you to be a part of the momentum of God, the kingdom of God that has been advancing on the earth 
and I want you to be a part of it, and you're trying to build your own kingdom, will you come to me? And so we'll hold things back from us because they aren't right for us, because they will lead us to brokenness or pain or discouragement. And he's saying, come close to me. That's where you find your provision. That's where you discover you are well prepared in every way. So, we're being restored. We are prepared, but what are we prepared for? What is it that God has prepared us for? Well, it's for every good work. God has prepared you to do good. He has prepared you to accomplish things on this planet for his kingdom. He has called you to help the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth to overlap more. That that kingdom of God comes to bear now in your home in your marriage, in your workplace, in your finances, in your body, in your dreams and visions, in the miraculous. God's kingdom is here and now. And we get to be the advancers of the kingdom of God. Sometimes I think we get so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. And this is what I mean by that. Yes, we should always have heaven on our mind. But we think, oh, I'm going to get to heaven someday. So what we do here doesn't really matter. Someday heaven's coming and I'll go there and everything will be great. No more pain or sorrow and my body won't hurt. And I'll have everything I need. And that's what I'm living for. I'm living for heaven. But God told us to occupy until he comes again. To set up camp here to advance the kingdom of heaven that the gates of hell, they can't hold us back. That we're busting into hell saying, nope, you've had enough of my family. You've had enough of my friends. You've had enough of my community. You've had enough of my world and I'm not standing for it. I'm letting God lead me into the darkness to rescue those who desperately need him. I'm taking the life-changing love of Jesus into my neighborhood. That's who you are. That's who you're invited to. That's what you're prepared for. We are prepared for good work. 2 Timothy 2.21, prepared for every good work. And I just want to share what that might look like this year for us as a church. There's four M's, and you know it's anointed by God if they all start with the same letter. You learn that in Bible college. You know, it's really the anointed word of God if all your points start with the same letter. So we're going to look at ministry, mercy, the miraculous, and missions. And I'm just going to hit these quick because we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at these areas deeper. But as I go into this, I just invite you to open your heart up to God. My prayer as we've been preparing for this is that one of these four would grip you. I doubt anyone is going to do all of these things. No human could. There's just too much that God has on the horizon. But out of these four M's, which one gets your heart? There may be two. There may be three. But there's going to be one that kind of rises up above the rest. So let's just take a moment to ask God to speak to us through his Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray as we quickly go through these four things that you will... Make our hearts sensitive. Let our spirits be open to hear which part of this you are calling us or our family to help fulfill, that you've prepared us for these things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm listening. So the first one is ministry. 
What I mean by ministry is serving our church family, helping get prepared and prepare others for what God is doing. This includes things like teaching and worship and prayer, experiencing the presence of God as you gather with other believers, training others and being trained for what God has for you, studying scripture with other believers, being involved in men's ministry and women's ministry, serving our kids and our teenagers and our seniors and our families, joining together with others who are followers of Jesus to be prepared to help prepare them and to grow together. During our morning prayer time, Echo, who works with our kids on on Wednesday nights at Awana, had the kids wash each other's feet. That was risky. (laughs) Getting water there and a bunch of fifth and sixth graders together because she was teaching them about ministering to each other. As Jesus served his disciples by washing their feet, she wanted to give a visual and tactile experience of that. And she said, I had no idea if they were going to do it or not. If they're like, that is gross and dumb. But they did it. And they found joy in it. And they were all asking if they could be a part of it. They were ministering to each other. They were humbling themselves and serving each other and identifying with Christ. That's part of what I mean when I say ministry. Giving those opportunities to have the supernatural come into the natural. That we experience that and it sticks in our minds and our hearts. And then as we go through the day, we think, who can I serve? That any act of ministry and service, no matter how small, is of glory to God. Like the verse you see on the screen tells us this. That we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. There's things God has prepared for you this year that you don't even know about. Good things that he's like, oh, you just wait. I got this ahead of you. I prepared it beforehand. And in 2024, you're going to experience this in ministry. You're going to be prepared in this way. You're going to have opportunities to touch the lives of others, to build your church family up, to give into your church family through your gifts and your time and your finances and your experiences. And God is opening up those doors. So ministry. The next is mercy. God is using our church as a fountain of mercy to those in need. He has given us opportunity over the past decade and plus to build our muscles of mercy, to care for those that others have forgotten, to invest in the lives of those who others might look sideways or just ignore, To be able to see the worth of an individual, not by the clothes they wear, the behavior they have, the lifestyle they live, or the way they vote, but because they are created by the living God and inherently are valuable and honorable and worth our time and worth our love and worth our energy. To be a church that lives out mercy is what God is calling us to in even deeper ways. We've had opportunities to to serve those in need. I think of Night to Shine coming up as a great opportunity to serve people who just need to be loved, need to be celebrated, need to be cared for, deserve our best because they are kings and queens in the eyes of God. 
And we get to physically express the love of God and the celebration of God and the joy of God and dance with them as God dances over them. Things like meeting kids in the foster care system, whether as foster parents or through royal family kids, we have a camp coming up and God is calling some of you right now to serve at that camp. And you've been scared to in past years, you haven't done it because you're like, I don't know how to deal with them. Welcome to the club. None of us do. We show up and we're like, what are we getting today? And the grace of God is there. And the tenderness of God is there. And the strength of God is there to love these kids who have faced things no kid should ever have to face. Abuse, abandonment. Parents who do their very best, but because of their hang-ups, habits, and hurts, don't know how to care for a kid. And we get to come along and say, we're here to love you just as you are. Things like being involved in the backpack program for, for people coming out of jail, people who've been locked up because of things they've done, and now they're coming back into society, but they don't have the tools they need to live life, and we get to be a part of helping provide answers to that. Special touch. A whole week-long camp and a ministry that reaches around the world that is right here at Highland Church. The leadership attends here. Some of the missionaries attend here that we get to be a part of. Many of you have been caregivers and, and buddies during that week of camp. It is so much fun. I've been able to be there the last two years, and I'm like, this is fantastic. But every act of mercy comes with a sacrifice on our part but every act of mercy that a believer does for another human is ministry to Jesus. Matthew 25, 40 says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you've done for those that the world would define as least, you do to the greatest, Christ our king. So maybe mercy is where God is calling you. Oh man, uh, okay, I'm up for it, Lord. You, you've prepared me. I'm gonna go for it. The next one is the miraculous. We serve a God of miracles. We don't just serve a God who like helps us get through the day and then someday we go to heaven. We serve a God whose active presence is on the earth now to heal, to restore, to empower, to provide, to open doors that no human could open and to shut doors that no human could shut. God is the God of the miraculous. We've seen it through our prayer times and ministry times and worship times. We've seen it in individual lives. Some of the testimonies you're turning in today are a sign of the miraculous of God. We serve a God who breaks through into the natural world and does the supernatural. Receiving the gifts of the Spirit, praying for God to do the impossible, dreaming for things that are too big for us, letting our faith rise up. I'm not talking, again, I say this because I'm, I don't like hype. <laughs> I really don't like the emotional, I'm going to stir you up and you're going to feel something because I stirred you up. I'm talking about the very real presence of God showing up to heal to restore, to empower, to get you somewhere you cannot get on your own, to get your kids somewhere they can't get on their own, the miraculous of God, to provide when there seems to be no way 
for us as a church, for you as a family, for our community. Luke 18.27 puts it like this. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. He's the God of the impossible. And what he's talking about here in this situation was actually someone who has met all their needs. He talks about a rich man. That's the, the, the story he's telling here is when you have everything you need to attain the goals you have, it is very hard for you to enter the kingdom of God because you've sat down on your own throne of protection and power and influence and finances. And God is saying, even someone like that, I can bring them into the kingdom. Even someone that's found all their own answers, it's possible for God to draw that heart miraculously. So there's people you have been praying for for years to come to Jesus, and they look so far from him, but this year the miraculous is going to happen, and they're going to come to Christ. They're going to be born again. I've seen it already this month. God has done that. Believe for the miraculous. We're prepared for it, and we're getting prepared for it. And then finally, missions. Missions, uh, reaching outside the walls of this church to serve people who can't serve us, to bring the gospel to places it needs to come, to build churches and minister to individuals. God's opening us up to missions in a new way. There's some things happening this year that I'm so pumped about in missions. You just watch out. It is going to be good. Some of the things God calls us to is to pray for missionaries to go, to give, to help fund the missions, and to go around the world. In a few weeks, you're going to hear about kingdom builders, which is going to be a method we use to help us be more effective in funding missions around the world. So you know what's coming up and how you can be a part of doing that. But something we haven't done a lot of has been going. Mark 16, 15 puts it like this. He, Jesus, said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So this year, God lit the fuse through the DeGroffs, through a word that he gave Nate DeGroff, a burning in his heart that we sat down and met and started saying, God, what does this look like? We thought we knew, and then God adjusted the plans a little bit. But I'm excited to let you know that this summer, August 1st through the 10th, our church is going to Moldova, Eastern Europe, to build a church a physical building, and to minister into that community on a mission strip. We're looking for 12 to 16 people to go with us to accomplish this work, to see the kingdom of God on the opposite side of the planet built because a small church in central Wisconsin said, I'll go. And some of you are already looking at your spouse like, can I go? Can I do that? Others of you are like, I'm terrified, but I really feel like God is calling me into this. Well, next Sunday after service, uh, 11.30, back in the youth room, we'll have an informational meeting about this trip. Come on out if you have any interest. If you're looking at going or would like to be a part of the support or just want more information, come out next Sunday right after service in the youth room, and we have an informational meeting about this missions trip. So ministry, mercy, the miraculous, and missions is God's preparation for Highland Church this year. I believe one of those stood out in your heart. One of those gripped you and you're like, oof, I think that's the thing. I think in that area, God's wanting to do a work in me. You know, our vision for the church is equipping everyone to take the life-changing love of Jesus into every neighborhood that all might become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. 
taking the life-changing love of Jesus into every neighborhood. So my invitation, and I believe it's God's invitation, is for you to come along through this year, recognizing you're prepared and finding those pieces, those places of ministry that God's going to open up to you, that you get to step in and see his kingdom built. Get the clarity as you walk through the fog of life and realize this is what God's made me for. So like I said, over the next four weeks, we'll dive in deeper to those. Look at what that looks like and how you can be a part of it. But I am just excited for where God's taken us this year, a little scared for where God's taking us this year, but knowing he is the one that's leading us, bringing clarity. God has prepared us for more. So the worship team is coming and Pastor Bob will come in a moment, but I just want to give an opportunity for one more invitation for you today. Maybe you're here today and you never asked Jesus to lead your life. You've never become a follower of Jesus. The Bible talks about repenting of our sins, turning away from that behavior that we know doesn't please God and turning towards him, and then trusting him to empower you through the Holy Spirit and lead you for the rest of your life and through eternity. And if you want to do that, you want everything you've done wrong forgiven, you want to be restored from the deepest part of who you are, and you haven't asked Jesus to do that before, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand saying, hey, that's me. I need that in my life. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else that's just saying, hey, I need to make that decision today. I need that new life in Christ. Well, Lord Jesus, you see the hands that were raised and you see the hearts that are responding to you. I ask right now that you will meet people right where they are. Begin that restorative work of your spirit inside of them. As they repent of their sins and turn to you, I pray a special grace over their life to get free from the stuff that's held them back, free from sin of their past and walk in the holiness, the forgiveness, the freshness of you and fill them with your Holy Spirit right now, Lord Jesus. Bless your people. And now, God, I pray as we step into the rest of this year that you would lead us. You will provide for us. You will open doors that have been closed, and you will make what's been foggy clear to us that we can, with confidence, walk forward fully prepared in you. Bless your people today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, and please join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our worship service.